0: in olive branch mississippi you're listening tonight to my favorite podcast ob pod evening cash evening zach how you been brother been really busy but in a good way we were talking a little bit earlier about how this week just kind of felt longer or busier yeah
1: it's been quite a week between baseball um a lot of extra stuff going on at the house redoing flower beds and now this past weekend having a fair yes it's been a week to remember for sure
0: Yep, yeah, uh, radio picked up a lot. We had a remote out at a place down in Horn Lake, and crazy deals were had. I got a nice little Blackstone that I saw you had. I got yeah, a little bit jealous suck, of it.
1: man. Yeah. You know, I, I spent good money for mine. I spent went, good money on mine, too. You went and dropped 100 on something I dropped three times as much <laughs> to get mine. But, hey, you know what? I'm happy you got a good deal. Sounds like a cool place. I have to check it out myself.
0: Yeah, and then I uh, went and supported our brother podcast down in Hernando. Saw that Missy Hippie music festival, and I got to say... We need to bring something like that here to Olive Branch.
1: I know it, man. Uh, you know, I spoke to uh, Matt and Derek of UTW, and I just gave them a huge thanks, man. I said, you know, when I lived in Hernando and I grew up in Hernando for a long time, the there was nothing like that there, you know, and to bring something unique and different, that kind of nightlife, music, and so on. Bravo to those guys. Bravo to the podcast.
0: Um, it was a lot of fun. Anyone, if you're looking for a special night out, make sure you go to the next one, and we're going to do everything we can to try. To replicate what they're doing down there.
1: Yeah, we're going to start looking at venues here and just see what we can do. You know, it might be a little bit down the road, but hey, you know, if you don't have goals, then why why do anything?
0: So Exactly.
1: You know, I will say this. It was good to see a lot of people from Hernando that I've known, and one of them was Brian Couch. You know, guys, like we say all the time, he is a phenomenal realtor, and he is a part of a great team, and that's called Team Couch. And if you've ever heard of him, that's on teamcouch.com. And they are right now dealing with this market that is through the roof, unbelievable hot, just like a volcano, whatever you want to say. And it is a tricky situation because there's a lot of folks out there that are considering selling their house by themselves, doing it for sale by owner and things. And you need to be worrisome because a lot of times that can lead to a lot of problems. Having a good realtor team that can navigate the hiccups, the speed bumps. Or the the paperwork. Yeah, the paperwork. The legalities of things. This is where having an experienced team really comes through. Uh, Brian and his crew are amazing. Uh, Look, I have personally done business with them. The land my house is on, I worked with Team Couch to get through. They made everything flawless. It was simple, easy. The communication was solid because they're a full-service realtor company. It's not like they have part-time jobs as realtors and do a full-time job something else. These are the real deals. You know, Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, doesn't matter. You can contact them. They're going to be there for you. They're going to answer the questions. They're going to do it professionally. And they're going to get you the best price and the best opinions and the best advice. And that's what matters most when you hire a realtor team. You want the people who are really going to do what's best for you, not what's best for their pocketbook. So please reach out to them, guys. Their phone number
0: is... 662-449-1700 and when you call them go ahead and ask for that free market analysis because hey you may be wanting to sell after you realize how much your house is worth guys it is now time for our
1: motivational message and this week is special because this is something cash personally has an investment in
0: this is something i listen to at least once a week because sometimes you just get down and you don't know what to do about it and it's good to see the positive in the negative i'm somebody who's always saying best day ever and I took that as a way from what you're about to listen to. This is something from Jocko Willink, and he's a former US Navy SEAL, and I swear these people are just built differently, and this is something you need to hear.
2: One of my direct subordinates, one of my guys that worked for me, he would would call me up or pull me aside with some major problem, some issue that was going on, and he'd say, boss, we got this and that and the other thing, and I'd look at him and I'd say, good. And finally one day he was telling me about some issue that he was having, some problem, and he said, I already know what you're going to say. And I said, well, what am I going to say? He said, you're going to say good. He said, that's what you always say. When something is wrong and going bad, you always just look at me and say good. And I said, well, yeah. When things are going bad, there's going to be some good. That's gonna come from it. Didn't get the new high-speed gear we wanted? Good. Didn't get promoted? Good. More time to get better. Oh, mission got canceled? Good. We can focus on another one. Didn't get funded? Didn't get the job you wanted? Got injured? Sprained my ankle? Got tapped out? Good. Got beat? Good. Unexpected problems, good. We have the opportunity to figure out a solution. That's it. When things are going bad, don't get all bummed out. Don't get startled. Don't get frustrated. If you can say the word good, guess what? It means you're still alive. It means you're still breathing. And if you're still breathing, well now, you still got some fight left in you. So get up, dust off, reload, recalibrate, re-engage, and go out on the attack.
1: I don't know about you, but I still have goosebumps after listening to that. That is the kind of message anyone needs to hear. Everybody has bad days. Everybody has bad things happen. Sometimes you don't get your way. Sometimes you don't get what you want. And to listen to that message and to see that there is another perspective, the other side of the coin, however you want to look at it, and see that there is so much more to life and how you can look at things to find a positive out of it, this is the thing to listen to. So I encourage you to go and share that with your friends. Tell anybody and everybody to listen to this. Share it on your social media. Share it on Twitter or share it wherever. Word of mouth. Tell people to listen to that one. That is truly probably one of my favorite motivational messages that I've ever heard.
0: I still get goosebumps listening to this every time, just like you said. And it's just nice to know that you can still hear the word no and keep going. That's something that I think a lot of people need right now.
1: Couldn't agree with you more, Cash. Really appreciate you bringing that to the table. All right, guys, let's get into our announcements. Like last week, we had a huge announcement letting y'all know that Don Hall and Ken Adams will both be joining us on the podcast as we are going to do a special episode at the end of the month to highlight both Merrill candidates and what their vision and views are for the City of Olive Branch. We're asking all listeners... To email us or put us on social media or PM us, DM us, whatever it is that makes you comfortable (laughs) to let us know what kind of questions you want answered or what is the hot topic you think they should discuss when it comes to our discussion we're going to have. This is not going to be a normal interview where we ask bland questions and they give you stereotypical answers. We want to hit it where it hurts. The hot topic questions are answered so that everyone knows who they're going to vote for.
0: Exactly, and we want people to know that their voice is being heard right here in Olive Branch, Mississippi, especially with everything that has already happened previously.
1: Make sure you reach out to us at theobpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Or on Twitter and Facebook at OBPod. Mississippi is continuing to make national news as Tate Reeves has made it his mission to make Mississippi one of the first states to opt out of the extra $300 with unemployment. That's
1: correct, Cash. What do you call it? They are going to opt out in June, which is by law, uh, you know, which is completely legal, citing that they feel like Mississippians are not going back to work as fast as they could, and they believe the benefits are part of the reason why. Um, I can tell you here locally, as I know several business owners, they are struggling to find people to work, and they feel like this is part of the reason. That is up for debate. I do not know if that's what you call factual or anything the reason why, but... That has been the number one cited reason. The proponents to this have been that a lot of people are saying, well, if you're gonna take away this $300, maybe you should raise the minimum wage so that it attracts more workers to come back to the workforce. Uh, and of course, they're throwing around the number of $15 an hour, which has become the stereotypical number uh, that everyone seems to be seeking. Uh, again, there's always a counterpoint to every argument, and you know this goes, goes down political lines. As some say, by raising minimum wage to $15, it basically will lead to inflation of prices of other things, such as if you buy a gallon of milk for a dollar and a half, if you're one of those lucky few to catch it on sale, <laughs> that by changing minimum wage to $15, that the stores that sell milk will have to raise the price of milk substantially to cover Sure the new cost and wages for the employees that work there. So it could just basically be a wash and everything just raises prices. So it just comes down to economics, a lot of variables and everything else. It's interesting to see how this is going to go, but as of right now, in June, that $300 benefit does disappear.
0: So now we want to ask you, how do you feel about the situation? Go ahead and leave us a comment or email us at theobpodcast at gmail.com and we would love to know how you feel.
1: Guys, if you're one of those people who's looking for a job, they is a great place to work and that is Michael Hatcher & Associates. I have several friends that work there, and I have several people who are in the hiring phase there, and it is just a wonderful place to work. Uh, I can't say it any other way. They have several positions at different levels and offer some of the best pay, some of the best benefits in an atmosphere where they want you and want you to keep you for life. You know, that's their motto is hire for life. I can't explain that any better. Uh, Right now, they have several positions available. One of them is a landscape construction supervisor. They're looking for a mechanic. They're looking for a service manager, a branch manager. They're also looking for lawn care technicians, an account manager, a foreman. And they're also looking for crew members and irrigation specialists. If you have any experience in any of these areas or have something that is even similar in any of these areas, I highly encourage you to go check them out. I promise you it's a seamless process. They have a wonderful lady who does all their talent acquisition.
0: Her name is Gabby. You can reach her at 662-755-3207. You can also visit their website, hatcherlandscape.com. This is an opportunity
1: you don't want to miss. Please go check them out soon. Our next announcement is a major one that affects the state, even on a national level. The Mississippi Supreme Court on Friday issued a much-anticipated ruling that strikes down medical marijuana for our state. Now, Cash found an amazing article today, and it had a wonderful little section I think he's going to read now. So hit us up with that, Cash.
0: Yeah, this is coming from Mississippi.org, and it was written by Jeff Pender and Bobby Harrison. We want to give them all the credit for the fantastic research they did. The Mississippi Supreme Court on Friday issued a much-anticipated ruling that strikes down the medical marijuana program enshrined in the state constitution by voters in November. The ruling also voids for now the state's ballot initiative that allows voters to take matters in hand and pass constitutional amendments. The court ruled that the state's ballot initiative process is unworkable and inoperative until lawmakers and voters fix state law and the constitution. With six of the nine state justices agreeing, the court wrote, We grant the petition, reverse the Secretary of State's certification of Initiative 65, and hold that any subsequent proceedings on it are void. Madison Mayor Mary Hawkins Butler filed a Supreme Court challenge to Initiative 65 just days before voters approved it on November the 3rd. Butler argued that Mississippi's ballot initiative process is constitutionally flawed, and Initiative 65 was not legally before voters'. She said a provision requiring an equal number of signatures from Mississippi's five congressional districts could not be met because Mississippi has only had four districts for two decades. What all of this means is any initiative, even the ones back in 1992, are now coming under this review. And this is going to have severe ramifications that Madison Mayor. Mary Hawkins Butler may not have known about
1: cash. It sounds like we've opened up a can of worms. Uh, It's going to be very interesting to see how this is going to play out. I know some of those old ones and even some of the most recent ones are dealing with the voter ID. They're dealing with uh, the flag, a lot of things that are hot topic buttons right now. And so we're going to keep an eye on this and we will give y'all updates to any new information when it comes from this.
0: Yes. And please feel free to head on over. We will have the article link in our show notes to go ahead and read more about it. Now we wanna bring you a little bit of entertainment that is happening in Olive Branch. If you haven't already been heading to the Wesson House every Thursday, well, make sure you start going because there is a concert starting at 7 p.m. by a band Zach is very familiar with.
1: That is correct, Cash. This week, we are going to have the Center Hill High School Concert Band. and This is led by our band director, Jared Ross, and they do a phenomenal job. Uh, very artistic, very influential music. It's just great to see all the kids come Together and play together. You know, in today's world, especially being able to do an outdoor event, it's going to be a lot of fun. I encourage you all to go out there and w- watch and listen.
0: Come out, bring a chair, bring a quilt, lay down, enjoy this band, and promote your community.
1: Absolutely. Now, also, guys, if y'all haven't heard, we are going to have an OB Festival on June 12th right here at the Olive Branch Park, and I believe that's going to be from 10 to 3 p.m. They are going to have food, vendors, arts, crafts, and I believe a car show.
0: Yes, there is going to be a car show, and it is free to enter, but they are asking if you want to, go ahead and give a donation to DeSoto County Dream Center. If you remember, Jay Nichols was on our
1: show a couple weeks back, and that Dream Center does a lot of amazing work for the OB and Horn Lake Communities. This is going to be great for everyone. Please support your community. Now remember, if you're one of the first 60 vendors to sign up for this, You do get your spot for free, so do not delay. If you'd like to meet us in person, come on out. We look forward to meeting you. I know it's getting warm out there, guys, but it is still spring, and spring means spring cleanup. And there is a wonderful company called DeSoto Cleaning that handles the Olive Branch area and all surrounding communities. Brian and his crew are amazing. They have been doing this for over 17 years, and they specialize in everything from disaster restoration to just standard cleanups or just to revitalize a room or house any way possible. They specialize especially in tile and grout, hardwood, and they also do that steam cleaning carpet. This is something that you do not want to fool with on your own. This is something you want the pros to come in, especially at their price range. And not only that, because you listen to us and you've heard this, if you mention OB Pod, you get 15% off the bill. And if you are a first responder or an active military or former military of any kind and you mention it, Brian and his crew will give you 20% off of your bill. To me, this is somebody who cares about his people, cares about his community, and they want to do it right. Trust me, if you ever go to Facebook and look at DeSoto Cleaning and check out some of the videos they have, I don't have to tell you. You can visually see how amazing their work is and how well it's going to be for your house. Don't wait. Go look now.
0: Are you listening? That's the sound of the Hernando de Soto Bridge getting older and developing a new clean break.
1: Yeah. And people were talking about this crack and stuff. It's two pieces that are so uh, I mean, Completely separated. That's called
0: a break. Yeah. You, know? the, um, you, you can go try to a doctor
1: it. and you look at an x-ray
0: and they'll either tell you it's crack or it's a clean break. You know what I mean? So. Um, and have you seen the photos from 2019 that still has this full on break with it?
1: Um. You know, it just makes me shake my head. Yeah. Because all this does is show you that the inspections have been going so well, you know, for years, obviously. Uh, I'm waiting on the next person to say they found a picture from 17 or 16 that says,
0: that's there too. You know? I'm about to go get a yellow hard hat and just call myself a bridge inspector because they got to be making bank and got to be doing a little bit better.
1: Well, here's the deal. As a guy who's worked with metal before, and anyone who's worked with metal before, when metal breaks or shears, whatever, and you have exposed metal, okay, well, it rusts over time, okay? Well, the rust marks on this break are old, yeah. okay? I mean, so you know it's been there for a good minute. So I'm just happy no one was hurt. Same. Um, that's the biggest positive here. The thing that I don't like is, is that, we got a bridge down, and the traffic that goes from Arkansas to Memphis and back and forth is astounding. And this is catastrophic for so many reasons. I hate it for the people who have to make this travel.
0: Well, the other thing I hate about it is they're on the news saying the 55 bridge and the 40 bridge. We don't know them as that. It's old or new. Exactly. That's it. Like,
1: exactly. What did we go mean? down?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the 55 bridge is down crossing Arkansas. I, I don't know where that is. Right? <laughs> really. Old or new? Let old or new, know. people. Old or new. Now, the good thing that has come from this is the memes. Oh yeah. I, I don't know if you've seen all of them, but Dude, the guy who puts the flex seal tape on the side of it, I'm literally dying. I'm just slapping that over. bad boy. Oh my. I know. Or the uh, Memphis steel pothole fix that they have. Like you just got like that slapped on. It's not even even yeah. or anything. You're yeah, just it's like, it's
1: just, it's classic Memphis. For oh, you, man. It's classic internet. Uh, thank you. Yeah, to all those folks. You know, bringing us a little
0: bit of joy as we're sitting in our newfound traffic, trying to cross this bridge. <laughs>
1: It's just another example of something that's gone to pot. You know, no pun intended when it comes to (laughs) Memphis. You know, it's just one of those things. But guys, I can tell you something else. Now, if you have a house that is in disarray, has some breaks, damage, whatever it is, or it's a property you just don't want, don't want to fool with, and it needs a lot of work, needs help, or you just don't want to work with a realtor, and you're just kind of like, I want to get rid of this fast, see what kind of cash I can get out of it, whatever, then I suggest you check out Rodman Properties. Now, they have a website called I Buy DeSoto, and that's where they buy and sell houses, but their main thing is, is they want to buy homes uh, for quick sales to get for people who want to get out of properties they don't want or need to get rid of quick, whatever the reason is. Everybody has their personal reasons of why they need to sell a house quick or they just want for cash, whatever it is. And you want somebody you can trust that doesn't feel like they're trying to take the shirt off your back. And that's just the reality of it. Abby and Spence Rodman are wonderful people. They live here in Olive Branch. They're a part of our community. They've ran this business for years. And every house they buy, they don't just hand it off to the next investor for a you know for a small profit or anything like that. They actually want to renovate it, offer it to good folks. and re- Revitalize communities by improving homes, modernizing them, upgrading them, however you want to look at it, they make things better. And so when you want to sell a house fast or you want to get cash quick or get something off your hands faster, it's also good to know that you're giving it to a company that's going to do something right with it and give it back to the community in a good way. What's better than that? please go to check out iBuyDeSoto.com. I promise you, you will enjoy this. They also offer several other things. They sell homes as well. They also have rental properties. So if you're in the market looking for a rental home uh, or a rental place, whatever it may be, this is a place to check out. If There are people looking for places to live in DeSoto County constantly. They have homes all over DeSoto County. They focus in Olive Branch and South Haven. I promise you, they can help you in some facet. Go check them out today.
0: That's going to wrap up all of our announcements, and we've got a great show ahead for all of you. We've got current Alderman of Ward 3, Joy Henderson, giving us her background and vision for the city of Olive Branch. Then we've got two fantastic post-game interviews, one with Olive Branch head coach Jason Russell, and the other with Lewisburg head coach Dustin Hechtorn. And you're going to love hearing them break down all the X's and O's and where they see their programs headed.
1: This week's fact of week is brought to you by Rob Long of the DeSoto County Museum, which is located in Hernando on Commerce Street, right across from Area 51 Ice Cream Shop. Before we start this week, we want to say a special thanks to all the people who commented and gave us these amazing answers to identify the five gentlemen that were in the pictures we did on last week's episode. They were verified and confirmed, identified within less than two and a half hours once our post and episode became live. This is amazing by the community. Can't thank y'all enough for joining us and helping us identify these men. And I hope those people who won enjoy the lunch on Rob Long in the Museum. Did you know that Olive Branch was actually called Cowpens, Mississippi? This is due to an area around Highway 178 and Old Pigeon Roost Road being a stopover for cattle drives running between Memphis and Holly Springs. Question. How long did a typical cattle run take one way between Memphis and Holly Springs? Answer is two days. Hopefully you got the clue there for the way the question was structured. But yes, if you answer two days, you are correct. Do you think you're paying too much for insurance or you're tired of not actually getting an agent when you call? I think it might be time to switch to the home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Josh McIntyre is our local agent and supports our schools, our local businesses, community, and even takes care of all our insurance needs. That's home, life, and auto. Give him a call today at 662-893-5250 or visit him at his office At six nine zero one Cockram Road, which is Highway three hundred
0: five. Cash love it with Joy Henderson here this evening. How are you doing today?
3: Doing good, great.
0: Glad to hear it. Glad we're enjoying
3: this weather.
0: Yes, it was an absolutely gorgeous day. Very much what I like to call hammock weather.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I agree with that.
0: (laughs) The reason why we're so excited to have you on is just to get to know you a little bit more. And so we were wondering if you could tell us a little bit about just yourself.
3: I was born and raised in Olive Ranch. I have never moved anywhere else except <laughs> the two years I was at Northwest. My parents' parents grew up here, and we they raised five brothers and me. And in my, I married my husband. I met at Northwest. We were married 47 years. He passed away due to heart complications. He had open-heart surgery, and he, he didn't. I'm home after the surgery. He was there for seven weeks. During the time we were married, we raised three children. When Harold passed away, he was an alderman at the time. He had 16 months left at his term. So my family and my friends were all encouraging me to run to fill his term. And I, you know, something I had to pray about for a while. And my brother said, just, you know, if God opens that door for you, then go for it. So that's what happened. I ran. I think I had five other opponents and we had a runoff and I won that. After I had been and Alderman, for a while, I realized why he had always loved it so much because it's, it is very rewarding. You meet a lot of great people. You get to be their voice, get to help in on the decisions of Ollie Branch. And, you know, I've had a front row seat watching it grow. My roots are deep, and I do care sincerely about what happens here. But as hard as we want to, we can't always keep it small town, but we try our very best. I'm an active member of Olive Branch First Baptist Church. I've been there most of my life. I volunteer on the meal team, also in the reception team, and I've been on a mission trip with them in 2020. I worked at Hall for 26 years. Didn't even leave Olive Branch to work anywhere else. So I guess that's what motivated me to run was that. And then after I was served that through that first 16 months, it, it just I just saw how much you could give back. You know, since I've been on the board, we redid the playground at the city park. And it's, you know, you can drive through the city park, I'm sure, to this afternoon. And that playground is going to be packed. And then about three years ago, through a $90,000 donation from Hollywood Feeds, we were able to add a park over by the lake. A big hit was a lot of people.
0: No, I would say that dog park is one of my favorite additions that we've had over there. Because you always see a lot of dogs walking along the trails and everything. But to give them that nice, dedicated space... For, like you said, people that live in apartments that aren't able to give their dogs enough place to run off steam and everything. It's great to see them all get in there and have a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, I know. I I was excited when that opened. I mean, and it's just a pleasure to go there and see all the families there with their kids participating in the sports. Because I think kids learn so much from sports about how to get along with people, that everything's not perfect, you're going to have bad game days, and they just grow in their confidence. We had a forum a couple of weeks ago and... Some of the things I heard was it's like Olive Branch doesn't have much to offer, but we do. I, you know, I, I, I heard you on one of the nights that you were talking, interviewing somebody. You were talking about our city parks. I know you're familiar with
0: it. I very much am. I was actually at the soccer fields yesterday, playing a little bit of ultimate frisbee with one of the yeah. groups that we have in the area. And you are 100% correct. There are a lot of different kinds of youth sports and activities happen in this area. But what do you feel is a good way to get some of that information out for people that feel like we don't have those kinds of things?
3: I'll tell you this. I know in the city park, we have over 1,000 participants between the leagues. And then every fall, there's adult softball. You know, There's about 600 that participate in that. So people are aware of it. On the sign in front of the park, they always put up a sign saying when sign-up is. And it's open to everybody. It's open to people that live outside the city limits. If they don't know about it, they can always go to the city website because all this information is there.
0: Yes, Uh, ma'am. I mean, just hearing a lot about you speaking about community, having the roots in here for essentially your entire life. Like you said, you've never had to leave here for work. What kind of vision do you have for the growth that we're seeing here in Olive Branch? I really love you're saying. The most important thing is keeping that small town feel. Now, we might not be able to be a small town, but we can keep that feel. I
3: said this to other people. It's. When I was growing up in Olive Ranch, you know, we knew everybody in our school. We knew everybody in our town. We knew Mm -hmm. their mom and their daddy and their grandparents. (laughs) And now, you know, our children don't necessarily know that because we have so many schools in the county. But another way with participating in the the sports at the park, they meet a lot of kids from that way. And those kids end up making close friendships with all the kids on their team, Mm -hmm. as well as the parents do. And as far as what I'd like to see in Alley Branch, I hope that we can have more soccer teams. I know that there's the parking is awful because, you know, so many parents come and grandparents. And I know that we can have more teams because there's more kids that sign up. I'd like to see golf available to the kids that don't get to play at school. I also know that we need more basketball leagues. And I don't mean to sound like I'm just all sports, but I think my biggest motivation is seeing people get together and know each other. And that keeps the small-town feel
0: to me. Exactly. You're preaching to the choir to me. I was somebody who I had every birthday at the Maywood swimming pool over there every single <laughs> year. And then after that was no longer around. It was all kind of sports-based birthday parties. Everyone would come over. Mm-hmm. We'd have picnics, outside kind of food, and then just playing basketball, football. Yeah. So, I mean, anything that we can do to allow these kids to learn lessons, make new friends, see different people. And, like you said, part of the thing that happens with that is parents start to know one another. And then exactly. you just kind of start yeah. building the community all over again.
3: I'd love to see us have a bigger sports complex. When well, you know the Hernando has a theater group that my granddaughters have participated in, and they loved it. They went to summer plays, and they, you know, they'd go for a week and learn all their parts, and then they would have their costumes and do a play. I'd like to see us be able to do that in Ollie Branch. I'm not. I'm just not slowing down. You want to ask me some questions? I'm sorry.
0: Oh no, this is. This <laughs> I, is amazing. I had to make a
3: speech the other night, two minutes, and it was very hard. <laughs> there's just so much you want to say.
0: I mean, not um, only that, you're just so passionate about Olive Ranch, and it's coming through in everything that you're saying, and you're yeah. able to seamlessly talk about it. This isn't something that you wrote down. This is just something coming from your no. heart, and I think well, that shows.
3: I know. you have talked about transparency. You know, the board meets every first and third Tuesday. Yes, ma'am. Um, and Friday, prior to that, we get a packet delivered to our door, so we have the weekend to go through everything. Um And, you know, if it's something in your board or even something that concerns you, it gives you a chance to go. If it's a new development, you can go look at where it is and stuff like that. And then, you know, we go through the list of the schedule and a list of items that are on the agenda. You know, we have to go through all the issues about zoning and other matters of city policy. And I can assure you that their heart is in Ollie Ranch. We all love it here, especially look out to the future. because some things that were really nice. 20 years ago are not nice anymore you know if you think about some of the neighborhoods that at one time were real exciting and really pretty and then that's now they've kind of turned into rental i wish there was a way that we could slow down the rental i understand it's nationwide that companies are just buying up rentals as fast as they can find them Mm -hmm. and um in my experience is the local people who are who are landlords are really good about taking care of their rental properties, do get a lot of calls about it. And it's very frustrating for us, it, it, myself and the board, because you can't offer them any help. We can send code enforcement out and they can write them up for not cutting their grass or having too many cars piled up in the driveway. But, but it doesn't that does change
0: it ultimately.
3: So as far as transparency... Ollie Brandt, you know, our, we have a great website, and you can go to our website and see our agenda at any time. The, meet, the meetings are open to the public, and that's good that they do come because you want them to. You want to hear their feelings, and you don't want them to think you made those decisions without them being aware of it.
0: No, I believe we do have a fantastic website, and they do a really good job of posting the agenda and a little bit of what happens afterwards. Mm hmm. And I I love that it's a set thing first and third, every Tuesday, you know, some people, it makes it hard for them to be able to come out. But I think one of the biggest things that we're having to do is just push it out so people know like, Hey, it is open to the public. You can go there and I'm starting to see more people show up the more that I go. And it's interesting to see new faces at every single meeting become kind of like regulars, but do you think that there will ever be a way that we can stream these like South Haven and Hernando are?
3: You know, that would depend on the new the new mayor when he comes in. I, I would be fine with it. I don't know how if it'll happen, if it'll happen soon.
0: I mean, the important thing is that everyone is on board with possibly the opportunity of it. And that is one of the things I've loved talking with all of the aldermen that we've had on so far is everybody's okay with trying the new things to see if it works and gets the community more involved.
3: Yeah. And, you know, it's... We're all accessible. Our names and our emails, our phone numbers, everything is at the website.
0: Now, from my experience, all of you have been available. All of you have been very transparent. And all of y'all have been looking for not just now or something that would help get you elected, but the future of Olive Branch. And it's been fascinating to see how y'all discuss and conversate on a lot of the issues at hand. And that's one of the few things that, frankly, I didn't know about until I started something like this was how yeah. much information goes into the decisions y'all make. Yeah. It, it, um,
3: you know, I know a, a while back um, we had someone that wanted to put in uh, like 120 rental houses that were zero-lot line. Well, and
0: even zero-lots were- to me are just something that isn't a part of the Mississippi culture or the way. Like, I mean, I, I believe everyone moves down here for wanting to own land and not necessarily having a little bit of privacy, but just being able to stretch their legs.
3: That, that's what I, So many people tell me I moved here to get for the quiet neighborhoods or the schools.
0: righty. So, well, thank you so much, Miss Henderson. I can't thank you enough for your time. And do you have anything else that you would like to say?
3: We're there. We're not. You know, we're happy just to, to be there. That's what my responsibility is.
0: To- and I hope you have a wonderful night and good night.
3: Good night. Thank you.
0: Is
1: planning your summer getaway becoming too much of a hassle? Then reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher of Magical Destinations. Whether it's a trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or a tropical getaway, these ladies can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destination is locally owned in Hernando, so give them a call today at 662-469-6304, or you can find them on Facebook or Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. Guys, I've got Coach Jason Russell here today, and we're going to do a little post game report from the scrimmage that happened back on Thursday. Coach, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are you, man? I'm doing good because when it's football season, I know it was just spring, but you know, anytime there's football going on, I'm a happy camper. Being an old coach, so I got to tell you, man, going out to OB, standing on the turf, which looked great by the way, uh, seeing all the crowd there, you know, excited about football, seeing the team come out with a lively attitude and hitting, it, it felt great, man. I know, I know, it had to be a, a little bit of nerve wracking for you. You know, it's your first uh, appearance as the coach over there at OB, and kids coming out. And uh, so, what was your overall feeling for the night? Well, you know, I mean,
4: first of all, we've got a great atmosphere. We've got great fans. The facilities are, you know, pretty much unmatched in the state of Mississippi. You know, I've, uh, I had the luxury as a as a coach uh, before I got here of, of coming to a game and just sitting in the stands and uh, and experiencing that atmosphere. I've also got an opp- had an opportunity to to play against Olive Branch as a coach, so I've, I've witnessed firsthand the uh, the atmosphere, and it's it's really second to none across the state. I, You know, I thought it was a it was a great show, and we had a bunch of people out there. It was a good feel. It was, uh, People were excited to see football
1: again, I, I felt like. I agree, Coach. And, you know, I can tell you this, is that there were some people that had a little bit of solemn face walking around when the game was kind of over. And when I talked to him after the game, they were like, you know, I was kind of hoping that – you know the score would be different, or it would look to be more of a dominant performance. And and I looked at him and I said, you know, that's not what a that's not what a spring game is. A spring game is getting the kids out there, putting them against good competition, and seeing how they respond is a way to evaluate those kids. Uh, and so you know what to work on for the summer. So you know what to put best forward for the fall season. To me, uh, across the board, I saw kids uh, hungry, flying to the football, wanting to make plays. Don't get me wrong. We all saw there was a lot of youth out there and, you know, there's a lot of things that we can work on. But you have to understand, when you have basically 15 practices, probably just about eight or nine were actually in full pads, that's a, that's a lot on a new coach, new staff, and everything is new. When you put all that together, I think the kids did a, a wonderful performance and, uh, and anything you can elaborate on, that would be awesome.
4: The biggest thing in the, in the spring is you want to see your kids come out and compete. And I felt like our kids were flying around. They were energized. They were really excited about being out there playing and competing you can't take anything away from Lake comrade that's a great football uh team great football program that we face too uh so they were going to make plays and and they were going to put us in tough situations and that's what we wanted we wanted a challenge we didn't want somebody that we could go out there and just uh roll over and feel really good about ourselves we need to kind of get our our nose bloodied a little bit and uh i felt like we did early came out we looked shaky early uh then our kids settled in you mentioned before we've got a lot of kids playing new spots and a Completely new system, so uh, they kind of had to get their feel for it. Once they settled in, we really started moving the ball offensively. I felt like defensively, we played really well. Uh, if you take away about four or five plays in the entire scrimmage, we played extremely well on defense. Uh, they got it behind us, you know, on a post route. Uh, we lost contain on the sideline one time. They had a big run up the middle, but you take away those four or five big plays, and our defense really does play extremely well. So. From my perspective, looking at things, are there things to fix? Absolutely. Uh, and, and that's what you want to see coming through the spring, that there's things to fix. But there were so many positives that we took away from watching that film and things that our kids did well. And, and number one, on top of that, all that list, is our kids came out and competed extremely hard. We're going to win a whole bunch of football games if our kids continue to do that.
1: Coach, I agree with you 100%. I think your team has a solid core did well, you know, but I, I want to ask you some specific questions offensively. Uh, I noticed that this uh, scrimmage game, uh, y'all ran a lot of either two, three wide, sometimes a wing. Uh, looks like you did some run, zone read, uh, other things of that nature. How do you feel like your quarterback and uh, you know skill positions played during the ball game?
4: You look at it, we threw for three different touchdowns in the game uh, and ran for one. And for a team that barely threw the ball last year, I felt very good about our timing in the passing game uh we made some really big plays we had a really big catch that so went down the middle that got called back for a uh, holding call um you know that was a 45 yard uh, pass completion you know so we had some very very explosive plays in our passing game for us to have that timing down and again you're like you're talking about is you know 10 or 12 practices as we go throughout our summer and our seven on seven time and and competing against other schools in seven-on-seven, seven. we're just going to continue to grow in that timing uh, and, and get a whole lot better. You know, the thing that we've, we've got to work on, uh, we've got new positions everywhere. We, we, we uh, started two sophomores out there at receiver. Uh, we started H uh, H-back who uh, before this year is, was our starting defensive end. You know, and, and those guys did a great job. Uh, but they're just going to do nothing but get better.
1: Coach, you know, as a former offensive lineman yourself, as well as myself, um, you know, when I when the ball is snapped, I don't watch the ball. I watch to see what the big boys up front do. I worry about if they're a pad height. I want to see if they're explosive. I want to see fit and finish. I know you're the I know you're the head coach, and you've got a great offensive line coach with Coach Jones. Got to tell me what what was your opinion of the offensive line on the game?
4: When you're out there running routes, you know you can develop that a lot quicker than you can the offensive line. Uh, along with having young guys outside, we, we have two returning starters on the offensive line. So we have three new guys that are that are kind of finding their way out there as well. So this was their first, ops, or first opportunity at varsity game situation football. And things move really fast. And it, it looked like that on the film, and it looked like that in person, that things were moving really fast. Now, that being said, those kids also showed some really, really good flashes. They controlled the first level pretty well at times and, and really got some push. Um, what we did struggle with up front was we struggled with the linebackers. Their linebackers did a great job of playing downhill and playing past the line of scrimmage uh, when they read run, and we didn't do a good enough job of, of coming off those blocks and getting those guys fixed. That's a fix that we can do pretty easily by showing them the film and showing them why uh, we have to leave our combos a little bit quicker, how well we have to have our eyes. Uh, disciplined on the correct location, uh, and you can't wait until halfway through the play to find your linebacker. You've got to get your eyes on him now. You know, those things are, are, are easy fixes and things that can be adjusted. Uh, but, again, I go back, our, our kids competed. You know, they competed really, really hard. Um, Was it what we want to see uh, completely? No, not yet. Um, but it's not a finished product. It's something we'll continue to work on, and, and uh, you know, we've got great film
1: you know, with the spring game and against good a uh, good opponent. Coach, I can say that Lake comrade is a school that has, has the exact same head coach it had when the school was opened. I played college football with Nick Nestor, and he is an aggressive go-get type of coach, and his t- players play that way. Uh, I think you couldn't have had a better opponent when it comes to prowess of a defensive team or as of offensive team they're always a stellar program Uh, and so that showed that was good competition you know on the other side of the ball on defensively um, I felt like your kids did pretty well I noticed that maybe there was a little of youth I talked to a few guys on the sideline and they said there was uh, some people missing from the ball game some guys didn't get to play and there were some adjustments on defense and considering all that overall it looked like y'all did pretty well Uh, anything you want to elaborate on that
4: yeah, you know, there's a few things that we just we just continued to work on. You know, one is, is uh, their quarterback rolled out of the pocket a little bit. Of course, he's a major threat to run the ball. We let, as in the secondary, we let them get deeper than the deepest. The receiver ran past us. We kind of stepped up like we were going to make that tackle. And about that time, he let it fly, and, it, you know, that post got behind us. Um, we didn't make contact with the, uh, with the receiver running the seam route, so he got an easy release on the seam to make it a nice, long seam route uh, there in the secondary those are things that, again, you know, a number of reps are, are definitely going to assist with. Um, and the great news is we've got a, a, a very mobile quarterback back there as well that can, that can simulate some of those things where you're scrambled outside the pocket and, and knowing how important it is not to lose your assignment uh, in the pass game so that he can't just throw the ball up and, and get behind us. You know, there are a few things that we need to adjust as well in our run fits. Um, I felt like at times we got up the field too much and we let them kick us out and get up underneath us. Uh, They had a couple big runs because of that. Um, So, you know, just, again, timing as far as where we need to uh, fit when the tackle block's down, how tight we need to be, uh, just some small adjustments like that that we can make that'll make a huge difference.
1: Let me ask you about your linebacker core. I noticed that the, there was a lot of changes in linebacker, especially when y'all swapped from varsity, JV. Seems like y'all had a lot of kids rolling in and out. Is that an area of focus or maybe a place of youth that y'all are really working on at this time?
4: Well, you know, it is. It is. We, uh, we're returning uh, zero starters at, at the linebacker level, and so we had three new linebackers out there, uh, two of which are, are going to be sophomores. Again, there's a learning curve uh, for those guys. They're just going to do nothing but get better. They, you know, All three of those guys made plays uh, at times, and all three of those guys had minuses at times. Uh, so there's a lot of room for growth right there.
1: Well, Coach, I can tell you this. I mean, I understand they might have been youthful and they might be new, new, uh, but they did fly around the football. And uh, a lot of times just having a killer instinct or being competitive is number one teaching technique is secondary and comes on quick, especially when you've got a guy who's hungry. Uh, so I think you all are on the right track with those guys.
4: Effort has to be intrinsic. I mean, it can't be one of those things that the coach constantly says, hey, I need you to play hard. That kind of comes from the kid. That's who they are. Um, I've, I've not really ever had uh, a great player that I've had to go beg to, to play hard, usually when the, when the lights flip on and, and the ball snaps to slow them down at times. Um, So you would definitely rather be in that situation than trying to figure out a way to to motivate a kid.
1: Agreed. Well, Coach, you know, when the game wrapped up and you you get your players together, this is kind of one of those first post-game conversations or speeches you have with your team. What was the attitude and mood of the players?
4: Absolutely. You know, what I told the kids after the game is, is, you know, there were positives and there were negatives. Uh, We did not play a traditional game where you have, you know, four quarters. We played 10-play series. So, the scoreboard, um, while it's on and, and everybody wants to keep up the scoreboard, you know, again, it's not necessarily indicative. Uh, we had a couple different drives where we were moving the football and, and we got to our 10 play limit and it was time to turn the football over. So, there's a lot of things that, you know, yes, the scoreboard, um, it's great because everybody wants to see that. But also, what you have to look at in a scrimmage like that is what did we do well? What did we do that we need to improve upon? Did we compete? And you know the answer definitely is: Did we compete? Absolutely. Are there things we need to correct? Yes. We have fantastic film, and my coaches are studying it tirelessly at this point uh, to make sure that we fix all of those different issues that we have that, that, that come if it that came out of that film. But we also did some really good things, and we had some some guys make some big time plays. You know, I mentioned earlier the H uh, back. Uh, play, started at defensive line. caught a touchdown pass and had several more big catches over the middle. Uh, Keyshawn Sesum, our receiver, our senior receiver, had three touchdown catches. You know, so we we did some really, really good things. Uh, Baden Wright, our quarterback, had a big game throwing the football, had a big game running the football, made some really good decisions uh, with the ball. So, again, there's so many positives that you take away from that game. And, and not to get caught up, just sitting there and look at the scoreboard. you got to look at the spring game like that, how to improve, what can we continue to improve upon, and build on the positives and fix the negatives.
1: Agreed, Coach, 100%. Um, what does the team look forward to for this summer? And what do you all have planned? And then, of course, if uh, everybody wants to mark their calendar, who is the first game for August?
4: Well, we've got a, uh, we've got a Jamboree versus Corinth and we're going to be there for the Jamboree at Corinth. And then Trezvan is our first game. It's a home game. And it's exciting because uh, this year marks the 10-year anniversary of the state championship team. And so that very first game, uh, we're going to have a tribute to that state championship team. I want all those players, coaches, and everybody involved with that uh, state championship uh, team to come back and be a part of that game and be recognized. So that's a really neat way to kick off the season. Um And uh, Trezvan is, of course, going to bring in a great football team and it'll be great competition for us.
1: Awesome. What's the summer program looking like, Coach?
4: Well, you know, one thing I pride myself on is is strength conditioning. So we've got a a first-class training program, three personal training certifications, and a whole big-time background in in personal training and had a lot of success in weight training as well. Um, So we're going to train four days a week. Uh, Our guys will come in, they'll, they'll lift, they'll run, work football drills and continue to develop the football skills that we need to be successful this season. Uh, and then we'll also, on Mondays, uh, we'll have some 7-on-7 passing league stuff that we do. Uh, also, plan on going to one or two different 7-on-7 tournaments at different colleges. Um, so, we're going to have a lot of competition and a lot of ways that our kids can grow this summer. Uh, not only on the football field, but as far as their physical development uh, and their ability to make those plays and tackles and catches and all that kind of stuff that we're going we're to lean on next season, uh, they're going to be bigger and
1: faster and stronger when we come out of the summer. I think that's a wonderful plan, Coach. I think your kids are going to be uh, in good hands. As a guy who used to compete against you in powerlifting and coaching back in the day, uh, I know your kids were always at the top of their game when it comes to weights and performance, uh, and I look forward to seeing it uh, in the fall. Coach, again, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to being able to do a a quick post-game report, you know, every game in uh, August, September, October, and so on, on the road to your state championship or any team. We really appreciate you doing that and uh, highlighting these kids and giving them the, the spotlight they deserve for such good hard work they do.
4: Absolutely. I look forward to it.
1: Coach, again, thanks for your time, and we'll talk to you again soon.
4: Thank you.
0: Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873 we
1: Hey guys, I've got coach Dustin Hector here with us today and we're gonna have a little coaching report after the scrimmage game I this past Thursday coach. How we doing?
5: I'm doing well. How are you
1: man? I'm telling you I'm doing great man getting to see football again getting to see crowds together and getting to see the atmosphere at Jamestown was Amazing. I mean It had to be different for you coach. You know, I know you've seen it before From outside looking in but it, when you're on the field and you're the head guy And you get to turn around and see that kind of crowd that kind of community support I had to give you chills.
5: Yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable. We had close to 2,000 people show up for our spring football game. Oh. You know, let that sink in for a second. Spring football game, almost 2,000 people. Just hard to hard to kind of imagine that. And, and yeah, you turn around and you see that type of support. People are excited about football. And, 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 again, kind of that a little bit back to normal where, you know, the stands are full, no mask. I mean, it was uh, – it was a special night for sure.
1: I got to tell you, what sucked about it was trying to find a parking spot. I'm not going to lie, because uh, um, <laughs> well, you know, good thing tough. is I
5: got there at 6 a.m. I, I had me a good spot. And, uh, but uh, yeah, if we can have that issue every every Friday in the fall, it'll be great. Oh, the, it,
1: it was it was electric, uh, and y'all do things right, man. I love that y'all brought the cheerleaders out there from different grade levels. You had the middle school out there supporting. You know, everybody's like, oh, well, you bring these extra people in, do all this, you know, razzle dazzle, and then when the game gets started, the whole place empties out. But that wasn't the case. The place was uh, capacity on your on the home side just about the entire time of the ball game. The parents were infused. Uh, you know, it didn't matter if they were there for the cheerleaders or middle school. People stuck around. Everybody was really enjoying uh, getting back to normalcy, like you mentioned. But I'm a good coach. I just got to get in the game, man. You know, everybody wants to know what your thoughts are on the ball game. And But I like to before we do that, I like to remind people that spring games are not a win and loss game. Uh, and I think you would agree with me. As a former coach, I've done everything from offense, defense, head coach, you know, down to the grunt, uh, you know, spring is about putting kids in competition versus quality competition to see how they respond, to let you know the strengths, weaknesses of your team so that you can have the best team forward when it comes to the fall when the W's and the L's matter. Would you agree?
5: 100%. You know, that's something that we, we told our kids. We're not worried about winning the spring game. You know, we're not worried about beating Sinatopia. We didn't watch film. We didn't game plan. All we wanted to do was go out and, and kind of do our, our thing, you know, run our base. And, and there was no film traded or anything like that. it's it exactly what you said. It's about getting out there, playing someone else, you know, just kind of getting out on that game field. And, and uh, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, one of my first calls when I got the job at Lewisburg was to coach Oakley at Sinatopia uh, for a spring game. You know, I wanted to make sure we played a quality opponent. Uh, somebody that had great athletes uh, a place that did a fantastic job coaching and that's what we got in those guys and and you know they're a, they're a program that is year after year they're in the playoffs and making runs and things like that so uh, i knew there was going to be a challenge on that end but that's exactly what we needed to see again it was just a, a fantastic night and an opportunity to see what our guys were made of
1: I agree, coach. You know, people were talking about after the ball game, like, well, dang, I hate to see they lost 26 to 6 and things. And I was like, well, did you go to the game? They're like, well, I didn't get a chance, like that. And I said, Well, the score meant nothing to me. You know, I'll tell you, coach, when I watch the game from start to finish with the varsity, and I watch most of your JV. And um, I can tell you that you've got some you got some great kids, you got some young kids, you could tell. You know, and to me, the whole scrimmage was based on turnovers and you know, and, and that's killer in football. Um, but that's not how you define a team and that's not how you evaluate that game. Uh, so, if, from your point of view, what would you say some of the strengths were when it comes to offense?
5: We played four quarterbacks. One one quarterback only practiced two days before he played in that. He was playing baseball before that. Two got two of those were ninth graders. So we felt like you know, honestly, we we probably got the four best quarterbacks in any team in the state. You know, I mean, we've got four guys that can that can flat out spin it, and uh, we saw some great things out of those guys. We saw a little shaking us early you talk about the turnovers you know we threw two on the two interceptions on the goal line uh one that was kind of floated and uh went for a went for a touchdown the other way and another one that was on first down and had a ninth grade quarterback come to the sideline before anything could be said to him he says first down i should have thrown that away you know so we we have young guys that we're playing like i said i think the kind of one of the strong points is, is simply that a lot of young guys. You know, they made some mistakes in first varsity action. And, you know, I, I felt like we moved the ball at times. I, I feel really good kind of going forward of the future that we have at some of those skill positions.
1: That's great, Coach. You know, me being a big guy myself, I was an offensive line guy, played Division One, all that kind of stuff, which means nothing, by the way. It uh, doesn't mean my <laughs> opinion is better than anybody's. But I will tell you this. I watch to see how the offensive line fires off. I look at pad height. I see a fit and finish. I see if the mesh points of uh, handoffs are great. I see if the, the ball is spun right. And all that kind of stuff, and I believe your offensive line was pretty strong. They fired out, they fired out pretty hard. You know, several guys did a lot of good fit and finish. You know, was there any bright spots or anything when it comes to the offensive line that you want to talk about?
5: The offensive line, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. You know, obviously, like I said, a spring game, we're not trading film. Uh, Senatobia runs a three-man front; we run a four-man front, and so that's a different look. And, and you know, from playing this, that's uh, very different in the run game of how you block a certain way, how you ID the guys that we're going to block two things like that so you know they really came in into that blind um you know we just line, we were lining up and gonna play against each other all spring so you know the fact that they were able to handle that some of the blitzes that they were getting especially early you know we, we got beat on some of them but again their adjustment on the fly and and like i said I, I thought they were pretty aggressive i thought they were high at times. You know, which happens when you're in a live situation for the first time. Uh, again, I, I thought those guys did a fantastic job working together, communicating, and picking up something again that was new that, you know, they really haven't seen before.
1: I agree with you, coach. I, I can tell you this when you talk about kids getting high sometimes, if you're seeing something new, It's instinct to stand up and think. It's instinct to want to see what's going on and then try to react to it. And so if you've got young guys across the front or even veterans, you know, and they haven't seen this kind of front or this kind of speed or anything of that nature, that's completely natural. So, like I said, I felt strong about your offensive line. I thought they were good. You know, at the skill position you talked about already with the quarterback and the wide receivers, I thought I saw some good routes going out of that. I thought the tailback was pretty strong. I thought y'all's mesh point when y'all were veer or option or you know you know, however you want to call it, uh, I think they did pretty well with all that. But was there anything bright spots or negatives you want to talk about there?
5: Yeah, like so we we rotated uh, we rotated several backs, and uh, every one of those backs ran really really hard. You know, that was one thing that we had a couple guys that are probably more of your your speed guys, and that was kind of the question and the challenge really to them going into spring was can you handle the uh, you know the physicality? Can you can you handle the hits and can can you run hard and those guys answered the bell on that all night long. That is one thing that I de- thought definitely with those guys stood out the way that they, um, you know, they, they ran the ball hard and, and wasn't, didn't shy away from contact one bit, you know, receivers, we, uh, we have one guy that didn't get an opportunity to play just had a little knee that was kind of banged up and you know kind of again gave some opportunity to young guys and you know we had a couple freshmen out there that you know maybe at times didn't run some perfect routes and kind of got themselves covered up but it was things that they were able to learn from and that was kind of the, the biggest thing and you
1: know, the last thing I want to talk about when you were talking about offensively is, is I noticed you ran the quarterback quite a bit or at least the, the defense in ran forced the quarterback to make the decision to run more and I noticed that they did pretty well you know You've got a couple big guys. I know one of them's number eighteen. He's a big bruiser. So, is that something that you had uh, anticipated doing a lot, or was this part of the game plan?
5: Yeah, it's something we did quite a bit this uh, spring. With we, you know, we've got two, especially our two uh, ninth graders, are are very athletic guys. That you know, they play baseball. They've got great arms. They can spin it. They're explosive. You know, they they make good decisions with the football. So that was definitely something that we practiced quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, we, you know, we talk about kind of reading it. We, we had several times, and it's one of those deals, again, we learned from it. You go back and look on the film, and, uh, we've got some, some plays that quarterback's going to read the end. If their end chases the back out, he runs straight ahead. And, and we probably have, you know, left four or five touchdowns sitting out there where there's nobody there. But again, young guys, first time out there, you know, the light's a little bit bright for them at times. So great learning experiences. And,
1: you know, I think we found something that we probably weren't planning on doing. I think we like it. I would agree with you on that. Coach, I think it was kind of a – it was a nice spin of, and not what's normal. You know, adding the extra dual threat uh, to your offense it uh, gives a little more excitement, and I think people really responded to it. On defense, Coach, uh, I will tell you this. The number one compliment I can say was is that y'all guys were pretty feisty. Uh, I think there was, uh, there was a lot of group tackling. I think uh, especially towards the second half, or I even want to say the second quarter. I do believe the first quarter there was a little adjustment to speed. Um, you know, I think that's just something that any team is going to happen. You play against yourself, you get used to certain angles and certain uh, levels of speed you're comfortable with. And then when you play a new team, uh, they might surprise you with speed, agility, shake, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so there was a little more of an arm grab or grabbing an ankles and not really following through or putting helmet through And when it comes to true tackle form. So what would you say about that on your defense?
5: Well, it's, it's the exact same thing that you said earlier about offensive line play is when you see something new and kind of out there for the first time, you tend to play a little high and you're thinking a lot. You know, our defense is set for to be very, very simple. We've got like two calls in this, this uh, spring for that reason. But in, in, I think you had guys, you know, not taking proper angles, you know, probably not using great techniques, standing up and thinking a little bit. And once they settled in, kind of like you said, and probably caught up with the speed, you know, Senatobia just won the uh, state championship in track. They definitely got some speed over there. So once we kind of settled into that, I, I think the guys did a much better job uh, tackling. And that was a big point of emphasis all spring was getting everybody to the football. You know, big plays are going to happen sometimes, but we've got to pursue the football, to get the guy down, live to fight another day. And I thought our guys did a really good job of that.
1: I would agree with you on that, Coach. Uh, they... There was never a situation where I saw kids, you know, laying down. You know what I mean? And I'll be honest with you, in the past, there have been situations at my school, your school, schools in this county, where when times get tough or you get behind a couple scores, uh, you see kids lay it down. And, you know, and that's just something in high school. Um, but I didn't see any of your kids uh, lose the desire. I saw kids getting better as they played more on defense. I saw physicality raise up. Like I said before, I think the biggest issue was just adjustments to speed Speed, adjustments to playing something different. And I think your boys responded. And I think uh, that's why y'all were able to, you know, slow them down and make some key stops here and there. And it was it was a good ball game to watch if you're going into it with the right mindset for what the game was trying to achieve.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it, you know, if you're going there to to count scores and, and things like that, it's probably, probably not what you want to be doing going into a spring game. Because again, that's definitely not our mindset on it. I want to see guys fly around. I want to see guys lift each other up. I want to see guys communicate and again we saw those things did we make mistakes absolutely we did but you know we I think we saw that we had some guys that can they can play I think our kids learned that they could play I think there was probably a little bit of hesitation at first and I think after a few plays after they kind of get it woke up a little bit they were like okay this isn't we can do this you know we we only played three guys on defense that played a single snap of defense a year I had five or six freshmen that we started out uh, and a couple more that we played so we were extremely young very inexperienced and Uh, again that's why you play a quality opponent in the spring and like so we come out of this thing we found some guys that can play and again most importantly they feel confident that they can play
1: I'm happy you mentioned that coach because one of the things I wanted to ask you is is that what was the mindset or the mood following the game because you know as the head coach you know, you're responsible for your assistant coaches. You're responsible for your players. You're responsible for, you know, the parents, the community, everything. What was the feeling coming back to, you know, as a group after the ball game, the locker room, the coaches getting together and evaluating film? What, what was the mood and mindset, you know, after all that?
5: Somewhat mixed. And I told you, you know, I went all week long telling our guys, hey, this is not about winning. Uh, but then you look at that scoreboard and you still have that feeling inside, like, man, that just didn't sit well. We, I think we all kind of had that, but at the same time, we felt good about it you know we felt good about the things that we went out there to do you know our goal going into spring was we want to establish you know our base offense our base defense we want to be able to do that we wanted to be able to identify guys that could play and make sure that we're putting people in the right positions to be successful in everything that we did we checked those boxes everything that we've done so far we've had you know obviously a new offense brand new defense brand new weight room the way we practice is different so everything's new. So it's just going to take some time. It's part of the process of establishing, you know, where we're trying to go. And again, we we did that. And the thing was, we were able to sit down and watch film as a staff. We sat down with our kids on Friday and watched it. You, you, you see their eyes kind of light up like, man, I know that. If I would have just done this, you know, this play is different. We felt really good about it. The, the kids were excited as far as realizing, man, we're we're close to kind of turning that corner. And it gave them something to kind of. Really focus on this summer and and not just walk around. Now I told him we could have found somebody that we could have beat the brakes off of, but then we walk around all summer with our chest boat out like we've done something. So I think we're definitely in a situation where our kids are proud of what they've done, uh, but they've still got that chip on their shoulder, knowing we've got to come
1: back and get better. Coach, you couldn't have said it better. I'm happy to hear that the boys are responding well. I know so many times people walk off the field disappointed and shaking their head, and then they go back and watch the film and realize. Man, we were the better team. We just didn't show it. You know, there was little things we could have done differently that would have made a completely different outcome. And you know, that's the, that's what high school football is about. You know, learning from your mistakes, getting better at your craft, becoming a solid team that is somebody to be dealt with. Coach, I think you're doing a phenomenal job. I thought the spring was an absolute success. I think people need to understand that, you know, when you're a new coach coming in for a spring, you only get 15 practices, really meaningful practices going into anything. And anybody who says they can put in an entire offense or entire defense and be snazzy with it in 15 practices is probably somebody who's never really coached high school football or any other level. And so uh, I commend you for the, the, the level that y'all played at. Uh, I think y'all have uh, a bright future ahead of you guys, and I look forward to seeing how things are going to wrap up for the fall.
5: Like I said, I really appreciate it, and, uh, you know, you're absolutely right we we've got to uh you know we've got to learn and grow from it but you know every goal that we set for for spring uh you know we felt like we accomplished again it takes time it takes a, it you can't skip a step in order to kind of get where you want to be and and we're not going to do that you know we're going to build this thing the right way slowly but surely we're going to get it where we need to get we're excited about the future
1: i hear you coach so just for anybody who wants to know does the summer what's the summer program look like for the football team and when is the first game so they can go ahead and mark their calendar
5: give our guys a couple of weeks off, and then we're going to get right back into it. You know, and our summer is going to consist of uh, lifting. Uh, We've got a uh, really good weight program that we've been using we've seen tremendous gains from it this off season we're excited to get back in there and really kind of get after the weight room uh, we will also be doing some agility to work on our speed development as well as trying to make sure we keep our guys uh, healthy and safe and on the field we've got to get better at football so we'll spend time on that as well practicing each day and we've got 707 that we're going to get together with a few other schools in June. just continue to try to find every little possible moment we can to get better at what we're doing we're going to play independence on august 20th will be our jamboree week, and then we'll be back in, in Jamestown on the twenty seventh of August to host Lake Cormorant. A really good team, a lot of speed. Going to be a tough one, but man, we're just going to be excited to be back at our house and, and playing football for real.
1: Sounds awesome, Coach. I'm I'm super ecstatic for you guys, and I'm uh, really looking forward to August and seeing how the season goes. And uh, we appreciate your time joining us, and we look forward to doing these post game reports after every week starting in August. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna get this community rallied around the team, and really look forward to seeing with how they're going to blossom and become a championship quality team
5: yeah thank you so much for what you're doing for for us and for high school sports and for this olive branch community in general uh it it means a lot and our kids are excited you know they they work their tails off the exposure that you guys are helping them get is you know they deserve it and again we can't thank y'all enough man y'all do a fantastic job and we can't wait to to pack the house again we had two thousand our spring game we we gotta we gotta top that come august
1: Absolutely, Coach. Again, thanks for your time.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you.
1: Guys, we're now in our sports section, and I hope you really enjoyed those post-game interviews. I had a blast talking to Coach Russell and Coach Hectorn. It's always refreshing to see that there's great leadership over both teams, and I look forward to having a post-game report with Coach Peacock when they have their game coming up this Friday uh, for Center Hill is going to be playing Holly Springs at Holly Springs.
0: Now we're going to move on to baseball. We only had one team left in Olive Branch to cover, and unfortunately that has come to an end. Center Hill played a division rival, Satillo in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, it was tough cash, man. We came out of the gate, you know, they were the higher seed. We went to Saltillo and we had a phenomenal game. We beat them 11 to 1 in front of a capacity crowd at Saltillo.
0: I was going to say, was there any animosity from the way the season ended?
1: Um, yeah, you know, you know, this was the team we had a lot of issues with. We mentioned that last week, but you know, when going up there and beating the brakes off from 11 to 1 was pretty nice.
0: Oh, you sent me that message and I started sending you brooms, get yes. the, the dustpans ready. We're sweeping.
1: So Sadly, we celebrated a little early. Um, We're not a great home team. I've said it all year. And so we had a home game Friday night. They came in there. The game was tight for three or four innings. And then South Hillar broke it open. Um, Unfortunately, we didn't have our pitching core struggled a little bit defense, we made some errors in the outfield that, you know, got ball got lost in the light, whatever, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, all I know is the, the the guy in the outfield is running one way, the ball is going the other <laughs> oh, So you no. never saw it. You know, and you feel sorry for the kid because early in the inning, he made a phenomenal circus catch that was, people went bananas for, and then he had three balls laying in the outfield, but he was nowhere near it because he just couldn't see them. So it was tough. It was a tough loss, uh, and it was, it was it was thrashing. We're, got, we're not going to mention the score here. Yeah, there, there's was, no deep of any of that. Anyway, so we went to a game three at Saltillo on on Saturday night at 7pm and it was a one to one battle going into the 7th inning and Saltillo batted last and got the last run in right before the third out and that was the end of the series. It was tough. It really was um, but I can tell you this. This is the best the team's done in school history and the of our school was 14 to 15 years old and this is the farthest they've ever gone. So it is a huge congratulations to Coach Cooley and his staff and the boys. They only had two seniors on the team so I'm proud of both those guys. The team is young and has a bright future and hopefully we can repeat this kind of magic for next year and build on it
0: you can only imagine they're going to be able to build on on it because it goes back to that message we had at the beginning of the episode something doesn't go your way good look at all the things that you weren't great at that you can now build on in the off season to be that much better
1: well said cash well said so to wrap up sports today, there's been a lot of talk in the national news about Tim Tebow. He was one of our motivational messages we had a couple weeks back, which, by the way, was a phenomenal one. Kind of su- sad to listen to. However, he has made news as he is potentially signing with the Jacksonville Not
0: potentially. Jaguars. He is signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. There you go. My All brother right. is a huge Jaguars fan, so I have followed this for its entirety.
1: Awesome. So he will be signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars, which means he'll be reuniting with his old head coach. Urban Meyer,
0: and this is for the tight end position. Yes, he is doing the position change that everybody wanted him to when he was coming into the NFL. So the debate
1: here is, is that what are your thoughts on this?
0: Personally, I see it more as he's going to be a player coach kind of situation. Like you said, he was with Urban Meyer back at the University of Florida, and you've heard so many of his speeches that they resonate with you. And as a coach, especially coming into a new environment, you need somebody that is going to be able to have your back and be able to get the players to listen to you. And unfortunately, as a coach, you can't always do that. And it comes differently when it's a player. And now you've got somebody who's been playing baseball for four or five years, is still going to be in primo shape, and is going to give you everything that you have.
1: So, Cash, you know what my really thoughts are on this is that I think Tim Tebow puts seats in the stands. I think Tim Tebow is a merchandise phenomenon.
0: Especially in Jacksonville, Florida.
1: I think Tim Tebow brings a lot to the table that any businessman or business operator in Jacksonville is salivating for. Whether or not he plays five snaps, makes the team, whatever, they are getting nothing but PR. You can say what you want. People can say PR can be negative, but PR is PR. And there's no such thing as bad PR when it comes to football because your name's getting thrown around. And in my opinion, this is an attention grab. Do I see him making the roster? Probably. But I can see him being a a situational player, somebody you have to consider as a dual threat, come in for a goal line situation. Yeah, he'll be a tight end. Yeah, he could probably come in and breathe the bruiser quarterback if you've got a third and one, fourth one, whatever situation. But I think it's truly, truly – to put butts in the seats at the
0: stands. I don't think Urban cares about that. And I don't think Urban would sign him if he didn't believe that, A, he could give him something in the locker room, but B, also something on the field as a tight end.
1: Now, I'm not saying he won't bring that to the table. I'm just saying that I think the number one motive is there's a financial incentive.
0: And you have a great chance of being right. But, I mean, Shaka Khan has also proven that, He wants the Jacksonville Jaguars to be the London Jaguars. So I don't know if he necessarily cares as much about putting butts in the seats. I don't know. Well, we shall see. Hey, I'm excited. I get to watch him twice, and I get to make fun of my brother. So it's a win-win. And
1: To me, it is a win because I was a Tebow fan. Uh, I think he was a phenomenal quarterback in college. Uh, I don't think that his arm strength or technique was what the pros needed, and that's the reason his career didn't last long. Uh, But I can tell you this. I always enjoyed watching him play. I always enjoyed watching his enthusiasm, his competitiveness, and
0: his passion. Just straight up, he cares about this more than just about anything else.
1: And to me, that brings enough to the table to make me want to watch NFL football.
0: Which says a lot because you don't really watch the NFL. You know,
1: I haven't watched much lately. Uh, I'm just more of a college guy, you know, and so uh, this makes me want to give that a shout out and try again.
0: I wish I could say the same, but I am a gambler, so I am always watching the NFL.
1: There are help groups for that.
0: I don't need them. <laughs> <laughs> this wraps up sports for us. And I want to let everyone know about an opportunity we're having at ninety five three The Rebel. If you don't know, Disney on Ice is coming to the Lander Center. And we are going to be giving away a family four pack every day this week on Facebook. All you have to do is go ahead to our Facebook page, the rebel. give us a like, leave a comment on it, and you will be entered.
1: Also, guys, I hope you all enjoyed our episode, and I hope you enjoyed all of our advertisers. All of them are the reason we're able to do this show, and we strongly encourage you to listen to what they have to offer, services they provide, or anything of that nature. Really help them out and promote the community that way. And if you are interested in being an advertiser for us on the podcast, reach out to us at theobpodcast.com. At gmail.com. Also, make sure that you're liking and sharing our episodes. The way we are able to spread our message and get it out there is by you helping us to let people know. Word of mouth, sharing our posts, spreading our message across Twitter, whatever it may be, please do this to help us out. And as always, Thank you. We always enjoy our listeners and all the comments and emails we get. It means a lot to us.
0: One more thing. We just want to remind everybody that we are having the mayors on a future episode. So please go ahead and let us know the questions that you have. This is important, not only to us, but to you. This is your community. Let's let them know what you care about.
1: Absolutely. And guys, until next week, I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. We'll see y'all then.